0: I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and Opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com.
1: Stand by
2: for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy.
0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 361 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, recorded live on Sunday, June 9th, 2019. And we are back for real this time. Last week was last week was a trial run. We were sort of back.
1: <laughs> Do you mean for Will? For no. Will? No. But, Will, are you trying to get top billing on this show now? When am I not?
2: Yeah, since day one he's been trying.
1: Okay, to. hold on a second. How many episode titles have been a pun on your name? How many episode titles have been a pun on my name yes
2: but whose name is a
1: synonym not for penis? enough and too many do what you love and you don't work a day in your life
2: that's not true everything becomes work eventually
1: just, not everything just, just toss me down that, 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 that just throw me downstairs not everything <laughs>
0: or if it has or if it does i just haven't hit that point yet
1: <laughs> that's right
0: so we are back live like i mentioned sunday june 9th 2019 we do have the full crew here today after our brief hiatus i'm chris joining me as per normal of course one Anthony Bachman, hello, hello, and of course the one and only, but not that Willie Nelson. That's fair, <laughs> Mister Micro
1: Machines over here going super fast.
0: I went fast.
1: You're like June something. I was like, whoa. See, I'm, shit, I'm rusty, fast. man. I'm not used to. I haven't been on the mic, but for like two podcasts no, 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 that's, since that's I came not back. Bad. It's not a bad thing. It's just something <laughs> different. It's like, whoa, you are in the mood, man. Oh.
0: I've got the itch to podcast guys I, I usually have a pretty full schedule of podcasting and i've been out of i'm sure it.
1: they have a i'm sure they have a pill to clear that up.
0: It's little and blue <laughs> we call it the willie nelson device <laughs> it's a de- the pill's called the device Jesus it is High called the device
1: media. I don't know
0: why i called it a device i i don't know
1: it's got a little uh it's got a little like a uh, little uh, what they call nano machines in it nanobots <laughs> nanites ooh i like that that's sexy that's. Sexy super sexy i like weird i mean yeah <laughs>
0: right then so Not so really how are things going what you guys been getting into the past few weeks
2: vidgie games lots of vidgie games and movies i i saw dark phoenix i'm sorry oh,
0: you I'm and glad. like six other people saw it on friday me, it seems like me, me too I'm, what, I'm what sorry. did it pull I'm in like 14 well. mil on friday like the lowest x-men opening of all time like,
1: like fourteen dollars. It was not good. Look, <laughs> so no one cares about this movie, right? So even I just have
0: one question. Even Disney doesn't care.
1: I just no, have one question about this. Hardcore X Men
2: fans still care about it, but the general public does not. And yeah, Friday estimates were fourteen million according to Box Office Mojo.
1: You can choose not to answer this, but I just have one question. Okay. Does this have aliens in it? Um, sorta. From what I read. Oh, you saw it too? I didn't see it. I just read about it online.
2: He read about it, but there hasn't been anything in the trailers about it, so I'm going to say spoiler for
1: next week.
0: No, I well, was that's go-
1: kind of an answer anyway. I went
0: to the movies on Saturday, but I went and saw Smart, not Dark Phoenix.
1: Ooh, I, I, that's all my list to watch. I would watch it now while you can. Too. It was only
0: showing once a day this weekend, so Ooh. my guess is uh, I ain't going to be in theaters much longer.
1: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I can choose that one time a day, but I also wouldn't go. I've seen two movies since uh, we last talked in theaters. Detective Pikachu it's is one of them isn't it isn't it delightful it is delightful although I will say the CGI looks amazing except there's are a, a couple of scenes a handful of scenes where like oh God the CGI just looks shit right here what happened yeah there's a there's couple a,
0: weird hiccups in
1: it there's a little part when Mewtwo is getting like he's all electrified and getting put into like a container and I was like oh God that just looks terrible like it looks like it was animated like hand animated ooh but when it's supposed to be cgi that doesn't look good
2: no no but it
1: it looks beautiful everywhere else except for like a handful of scenes Hmm. and the story eh, the plot the twist at the end was i saw that coming a mile away in fact i was like please don't be this it's way too obvious please don't be this but it was i'm not gonna say what it is of course and then the other movie i saw which i was a little disappointed in uh brightburn Ah, That's because you don't like fun. I thought about going to go
0: see it. I just didn't make it there yet. I only had time
1: for one movie this weekend. I seriously think the mother should have been indoctrinated. That would have made a lot more sense. That Um, would have solved a lot of the issues for me.
2: I thought it was a good vicious ride. And that kid's a really fantastic actor being a sociopath.
1: Maybe I just hate that little fucker just being a dick. Fuck that <laughs> asshole. He is. He is the worst kid in the world. <laughs> so, fuck that little prick. That's all I gotta say. So I do, like, yeah. I do like the end of it where it has all the like the other things at the like in the little one yeah. Michael Rooker's doing the movie. So like, wait, is that? Oh, oh, is that? Oh, I see what they're doing here. Yeah, I the, did love that.
2: The end was really good because yeah, they're, you're kind of expecting something at the end of the movie in the credits roll. You're like, oh man, and then there's little like during credit scenes that work really well at the end of brightburn
1: and i'm going to spoil this has no no reflection on the storyline uh dwight Schrute does show up at the end from the movie super james gunn super he does show up at the end that is so hilarious that was a weird movie
0: yeah I, i've heard it was weird so rain
1: wilson gets raped by uh what's her name uh shadow cat ellen, ellen page. page
2: well
0: let's i said what i said let's step back a sec to x-men <laughs> anthony saw it as our reigning comic book aficionado, just general impressions. Should people waste their time going to go see it? Or let me rephrase. Wow. Is it a waste of time? <laughs> just I mean,
2: up. <laughs> if you just love the X-Men movies, you've loved all of them, and you're a huge McAvoy and Fastbender fan, like you'll probably be entertained, but I would, Honestly, at this point, I would say save your money for st- watched on streaming or cable. Like, it's not worth paying theater prices for. So,
0: so one of the disconnects I saw in there, and I guess this is a minor spoiler, is there's two different times in the movie where Mystique is, like, calling this X-Men. I don't know if that's the right name. And I wanted to be like, when I read that, aren't you the one that came up with the name X-Men in this universe now?
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's kind of like Simon Kinsberg forgot about some of the other scripts he wrote. I don't know if he's had, like, blunt force trauma to the head or something, but... Yeah, there's like, there's big woofs in this movie where something happens you're like, oh, oh, come on. And honestly, nothing happens on screen that's so spectacular that you go, okay, that was awesome to see. Like, there's fight sequences with mutant powers, there's, you know, big glowy stuff, It's, it's just, eh. And yeah, there's really only one good shot of the Phoenix during the whole film, and the rest of it honestly, it's It's a it's a good bookend to this version of Charles and Eric. It's actually not a good Dark Phoenix story.
0: So how long are they going to sit on this franchise now if you're Kevin Feige at Marvel? How long do you let it breathe so that you five to
2: seven years. Okay.
0: That that's about what I was thinking. It was about Uh, five years. This is your phase five as you bring the mutants in. If they're smart, Uh, I would love to see some hints at the Fantastic Four in phase four, but that's Neither here nor there. We got a long well, ways to go.
2: At FF, we've had a lot more downtime since the last Fant Four stick. So with Dark Phoenix being pushed out this far, going into you know we're post End Game and we just got another X Men film. So in a world where we're post Snap, everything's fixed and reset. We just saw the X Men in their own universe. So that's a little different. Where most of the fans, hell, half the people that not saw End Game probably didn't ever even saw the Fant Four stick movie.
0: Uh, most people didn't, based off of the <laughs> box office. Yeah, uh, yeah, most people didn't. So, Fantastic
2: Four, it, it was shit.
0: I mean, here, here's the thing I don't get with Dark Phoenix Kinsberg screwed up the last Phoenix movie. Why'd he get another one and then let him right. direct?
2: Why does Brian Singer still have a job? Who knows? It's who people know in Hollywood because Hollywood
0: protects pedophiles for some reason.
2: Well, yeah, that too. A lot of times, you know, who you know beats out talent. So, That's why Roman
0: Plansky's
2: still an acclaimed director. I'm like, the dude diddles children. Yeah. And I mean, and Kingsbird's not a bad writer. He's written some good stories. And the only thing is, he doesn't, he never really seems to turn in a great story. Like, it's serviceable. Like, yeah. I didn't leave the theater angry. I didn't want my money back. Like, it's not god awful. It's better than Fant stick And even though I love Josh Trank, this movie had a better script. Like, at least it flowed ABC. Like, it made sense. So, but he, here were some yeah, of the this, reasons that I it's thought. It's very meh.
0: Some of the reasons I realized this one was in trouble is when you go and... If you follow the official X-Men movie Twitter, which I don't, but a bunch of people do. We're tweeting this. (laughs) It kind of can't turn into a meme. Is they then started retweeting on Saturday anyone who said anything positive about the X-Men movie. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is not how an official movie Twitter is supposed to work. You're not supposed to retweet every positive thing that any user says out there. Well,
2: let's be honest. Whoever's job it is to run that account, more than likely they had that job until the end of this film and the end of advertising for this film because then that division of Fox is going to be gone, and so they're probably out of a job on Monday. So, as of Saturday, they probably didn't really give a shit.
0: (laughs) It also looked like somebody paid for a bunch of bots somewhere because there were a bunch of football twitter accounts that didn't have a ton of Mm. followers that all throughout the week then started tweeting about how excited they were for dark phoenix and i'm like was this fox or is this someone playing a gag i don't know what's going on but i'm really entertained but all in all it's not a great sign for the for this now i'm sad to see mcavoy go i'm sad to see fassbender go i think that they were the rock stars of this franchise by all accounts jennifer lawrence phoned it in in this movie from what people were saying just this movie well, She's not
2: in that many scenes either. Yeah. Like, there's not much mystique to go around in this film. Nicholas Holt turns in a good job. Uh, the kid who plays Nightcrawler, you get a lot more of him on screen. That's a very unique-looking child. I, I've seen some poor things written about him online. He's just got a, he's got a a different look, but he looks really cool as Nightcrawler. And, yeah, Storm actually had a couple of good lines. But, yeah, it, it's Fast Mender McAvoy's show again, and they both did good jobs again, so...
0: I think it will be very interesting when the home release of this comes out, if they include the deleted scenes, to see the original ending of this movie. That might be the helpful. ending on a train. Now, th- this is just what I'd read from various interviews and things like that. Evidently, they completely redid the ending of this movie because Captain Marvel <laughs> came out and their endings were basically the same, is what it came down to. And I was like, huh. So I wonder what that actually was
2: i'm gonna guess it was not good is what it was <laughs> we'll see i mean i don't know
0: how exciting it is to go from a climactic battle in space to a battle on a train but i'm i'm open to seeing what happens like anthony said this is one for me but i think i'm waiting until it hits netflix or hulu or whatever streaming service or hbo because i'm sure hbo or showtime will pick it up something like that like yeah I, I watched the trailers and i'm not trying to take a shot here it just it never really hooked me i was like Oh, yeah, they're doing another X-Men movie because X-Men Apocalypse, I thought, was shitty. This one just never hooked me. I mean, you take Oscar Isaac, who is a great actor, and you just smother him under makeup and CGI so you can't even recognize him. Don't let him do anything.
2: Well, and the worst thing is you cast him as one of the best mutant villains ever, and then you don't let him be Apocalypse. You just let him be a, 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 a special effects suit. It's like, eh.
0: That, that would be like equivalent to taking Tom Hiddleston in the Thor movies and putting a bunch of CGI and heavy costuming over him and not letting him be him. It's putting him just, in the destroyer suit. You know, that, there you go. That's even better <laughs> now. Just put him in the destroyer
2: suit, and I'd just be like, whoa. Don't yeah, this, this, was, this wasn't that bad. I would definitely say uh, Dark Phoenix is a better story than Apocalypse. Like, it does play through better. And yeah, McAvoy and Fastbender still do a good job. Nicholas Holt has a couple of great scenes in it as Beast. But yeah, there's, a, there's an awful, um, I think people are going to call him another cult- cultural appropriation superhero whose superpowers are just disgusting. It's just so stupid. But um, yeah, they, they threw in a couple of random mutants just because they apparently couldn't get the name characters because they'd already sold everything back to Marvel, I'm guessing, at this point. So yeah, there's just some random characters that fit into the story that nobody cares about. And honestly, when it comes down to it throughout the entire film, I don't care about Gene, and I don't believe for a minute that this Cyclops and this Gene have a relationship because they have exactly zero on-screen chemistry.
0: Well, my understanding is they just didn't really give it much room for these side characters to grow (laughs) from what we saw in Apocalypse to now, that you're just expected to realize a bunch of shit happened in between the years, and the X-Men are a legitimate thing, and these people all get along now and are like a family. So it's almost like they needed... It's almost like, gee, who would have said this? You can't do the Phoenix movie, Phoenix Saga in one movie.
2: Yeah, which yeah. is what they tried to do.
0: It, I, I guarantee you that. How this, many times
2: now? It, twice.
0: If and twice when. Twice in film. If and when the MCU deals with the X Men and it comes to the Phoenix Saga, it's not going to be in one movie. They're going to plant seeds across multiple movies. Hell, the X Men cartoon from the 90s took, what, 12 episodes to do the Phoenix Saga or something like that?
2: Yeah. And they brought in the Shiar like you're supposed yeah. to and had a fight on the goddamn moon. Yeah, if the MCU does it, if Kevin Feige does it, we'll get introduced to the Shiar. We'll get the Imperial know. Guard. We'll get fucking Gladiator, the purple dude with a mohawk who can beat your ass if he believes he can beat your ass. One of the coolest superpowers ever.
1: My and we'll only get a fight uh, on the moon. My <laughs> only uh, knowing of the Gladiator is from the "I'm the Juggernaut" bitch cartoon. Mm.
2: Well, that's dumb. Some of the comics that have had it's Gladiator hilarious. in it. Are fantastic because he's basically superpower or he's basically Superman, but based on his own self belief, which is a crazy superpower. Yeah. If he thinks he can whoop your ass, he can whoop your ass, and it doesn't matter who you are. This is a guy who can literally punch the juggernaut and stop him from moving if he believes that he can. But like it's I'm such a just- crazy fucking power. I think, yeah, If you put doubt in Gladiator's head, you can whoop his ass. <laughs> I think
0: Bill summed it up best in the chat room, saying, I was hoping it would be good, but glad that it's in Marvel's hands now. And I wonder how many yeah. other fans just kind of sat there and went, why does this movie matter? Marvel just bought, or this just all got bought back by Disney, so it's it's a one-off movie, and whatever they do isn't going to matter because it's just going to get rebooted.
2: Uh, the only thing I was hoping for is that they might address something about like the end of the universe in it. But yeah, they they basically they I think they did the smart thing. It just had it addresses nothing. It only affects the X Men. There's no implications to the outer world. They they did the story they had, and then they kind of they shut it down. And you know where the X Men stand at the end of this at the end of this story, and that's it. They basically ignored everything else. Yeah, was they're this definitely the 90s? no. Uh, goes to it jumps to uh the eighties. I
1: thought it was in so, ninety four. Eighties was the last movie the Apocalypse. Was the last movie. Maybe so it's still it in
2: the eighties. I thought it, I want to say it said like 1988 or something at the start. Oh, wait, maybe when it said 1984, that was the the scene with Young Gene. That's something you so see, then, yeah, that's Young Gene. Yeah, This would be like All 10 right. years later. So it'd be like 1994, I guess, would have been like Next, the setting uh, for the movie.
1: First class was 60s. Yeah, uh, it's
2: 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. It. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah, the first scene is when it said 1984. That's when young Jean's in the car with her parents when she's like a little girl. I can't help so, but think. Yeah, that, that Makes sense. I
0: can't help but think this rebooting of X Men would have been better if Matthew Vaughn had kept being behind the helm versus oh, going God, back to Singer. Yeah. Uh, but here, here's the trade-off: oh, by I'm Matthew Vaughn leaving, we got the Kingsman movies, and I'm totally on board with the Kingsman <laughs> movies. <laughs> oh,
1: no, 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 Kingsman two. Kingsman one was already made. Okay, you're no, right. You're right. No, no, wait. Yeah, wait, wait. No, I don't know if it was. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, right, that's right, right. Kick—he left. He didn't do Kick Ass two to do First Class. That's right. And then he went, yeah, Kingsman, then Kingsman two. But you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Oh, I got my, I got my Kick Ass and my, uh, my Kingsman mixed up. <laughs> Which, uh, I was at first, I was definitely disappointed by both sequels, but uh, I grew to love the Golden Circle. Golden Circle grows on you. After you,
0: you got to just remember you, it through. can't be quite the same as the original Kingsman movie, and then you're like, oh, okay,
1: I like this. I just wish they didn't focus so much on like Harry's like rebooting of his mind. They it took way too long. I wish
0: they'd never spoiled the fact he was alive in the trailers.
1: Yeah, that should have been saved. But you know what? They're not in charge of that. It's a whole other company that makes trailers.
0: I also enjoyed the fact that Mark Strong is uh, singing "Country Roads" at the end. (laughs) as someone who who lives in west virginia as an alum of west virginia university Uh, country roads holds a very soft spot in my heart john
1: denver estate is fucking they i want to know how much money they paid out for that year alone because they paid out money to put that song out in three different movies and in all three movies it was like a plot point (laughs) yeah they're getting paid no 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 they pay to put those in the movies so i guess to re invigorize it i guess i don't know I, i think Regardless, Matthew Vaughn left, we got the Kingsman movies. I'm okay
0: with that trade-off because all the stuff he was going to do was just going to get rebooted with the acquisition eventually anyways.
1: So we yeah, got I'm Kingsman
0: okay. which stands on its own.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, who cares if it's going to, you know, get changed later anyway? It's just I mean, cuz you still get good movies okay. now.
0: That's fair. The the better trade-off is we got Kingsman. Oh yeah. I would I'm rather gonna, have I would about, rather I'm have Kingsman about. than more Matthew Vaughn X-Men movies. I don't know, First Class was so good. First Class was really good. Why and like Hill said both?
1: What do I have to choose? I'm a greedy bitch. Well, we
0: can have them all, but like Bill said in the chat room, they built a lot of goodwill with first class and moved forward on that. Days of Future Past, I thought was a good movie, but not as good as some people seem to think it is. I enjoyed well, it also, a lot.
2: Days of Future Past, they took the movie that focused on Shadowcat and they took that story and gave it to Wolverine. Like
0: well, yeah. If, if you're looking at how to make a movie, though, to make the most cash possible, it's generally you take Hugh Jackman and put him in it in the X-Men movies. Let's be honest, and I'm not saying this disparagingly, more people care about Wolverine than they do Shadow Cat.
2: Yeah, but they also took a female-led story and handed it off to their most famous male character, which after Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman, we've seen, if you actually got a female-led superhero movie, maybe more people would care. Maybe more people then would have shown up later on to watch Dark Phoenix i don't They're know like, oh no i, I think if you got hugh
0: jackman the- oh. and he wants to do your movie well you do I mean, hugh yeah. jackman <laughs> don't get me wrong pretty much any other case i'd probably be on board with you but it's hugh jackman who's like yeah i want to do more as wolverine and you know you've got a limited clock left on that and that clock has now sadly run out because i still yeah. want deadpool and wolverine on screen together it ain't gonna happen we get funny youtube skits between the two of them but that's it
2: yeah I mean, I'll take think you. at best we won't get anything better than an old man Logan cameo in the MCU. I'll
0: take it. If, if we can get Hugh Jackman. To, and you know at one point in time he'd said in an interview. The only way he'd come back to do the role is if he could hang out with the Avengers. Well theoretically yeah. that could happen now. But if I'm Hugh Jackman. He's what? 49, 50 years old. How he much is. work does it take to get that jacked? And let's be honest. Every <laughs> movie he gets more jacked than he was in the previous movie. Yep. I cannot said, imagine the level of work and effort that goes into that training.
2: Well, he said every time it takes more training. Yep. How (laughs) do you get that
1: huge jacked man? Uh Well, you know. The huge jacked man.
0: For, uh, what was it, Logan, he got a training plan from The Rock on how to get that jacked, which always just makes me laugh.
1: (laughs) Did not know that. Mr. Black Adam himself. Is he still Black Adam?
2: He is
0: still signed on to be Black Adam.
2: And his production company is producing the movie with
1: Warner and Brothers. has been so.
0: replaced in Fast and Furious 9 by all accounts, but that's neither here nor there.
1: I think it is here and now. What? Yeah, you you saw that uh, Well, suppo- supposedly he and
0: Vin Diesel don't get along on set, which was one of the problems oh, with the last Fast yeah. and Furious. Like, they didn't film scenes together, things like that. So they announced, what was it, like Wednesday or Thursday this week, that uh, they have cast John Cena, if you can actually see him, to be in Fast and Furious 9. I, I can't see him.
2: Yeah, he's going to be invisible. He's People be can't invisible. see him. So I John
0: Cena I, I, is going to be in Fast and Furious really cool. 9, and they basically dropped as part of that press release that Dwayne The Rock Johnson's not
1: expected to be in it. Hmm. How to make me not care about a movie franchise instantly. Well, with I, think John the, Cena. I think
0: the argument is with Hobbs and Shaw coming out, they want to spin that off into its own thing. And, you know, I think I would rather see Jason Statham and The Rock hang out and kick ass than I would <laughs> all of the Fast and Furious movies at this point because I think that's going to be a bit more fun.
1: It does, seen- it does look fun. I've only seen one uh, John Cena movie, and I was so disappointed in it. It made me hate the guy. Which one, the Marine or Twelve Rounds? The Marine. Mm. I saw it in theaters. I was like, "Wow, if this was made in the '80s, this would be a great movie." Oh, it was it's a not- straight up. 80s. It was a straight up '80s action flick, and I, but, I think the trip might have been from 1982. It didn't <laughs> even play with the fact that they were trying to be an '80s movie and an '80s action <laughs> flick. It, it's like, what are you doing here? You, you get, get crazy you know, they've now done three of those movies.
2: They did one with Ted DiBiase Jr. and another one with Mike Mazanan. They've done three Who? Marines.
1: Who's last the last.
2: Oh. Mike Mazanan is his real name. The Miz. I don't I don't watch wrestling anymore. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I, I am back that. on I am back on that bullshit and we'll talk about it at the end of the show. That's
1: a whole lot of bullshit. But guess what else I did in the last two weeks or three weeks Well, should
0: we point? save some of this for what I'm into? Or yeah,
1: I'm not guessing. <laughs> I refuse. No, it's just my friend had a housewarming party and some. Uh, she had a crawfish uh, whole dinner. She oh, cooked man. a lot of. You had a crawdad cook off. Whole lot of mud bugs. Would, oh, would you no. guys do it with the red potatoes and the
0: Andouille sausage and stuff like that too?
1: She had so many veggies in there. Nah, no, another sausage. Like she did it outside, in like a big old pot and just dumped it on the table. That's the way to
0: do it, man. You just put a little paper on the table and dump it out.
1: I mean, I couldn't partake in the in the uh, in the mud bugs eating myself, but I did get some of the veggies before they were cooked. Oh, do you
0: have a allergy or something to uh,
1: gout? Uh, oh, okay, that's gotcha. one of three things. Alcohol, red meat, and shellfish.
0: I didn't realize that shellfish was part of that. So
1: that sucks. And plus I also tried it 2 years ago. I didn't really like shellfish all that much. It's a lot really of like
0: work that. for the meat that's in it, but it's pretty good. I didn't really
1: like yeah, it all yeah, that, that much. much. Yeah. Yeah. I like your Got... crawdad though. You know my dad always said it was better than our crawfish dinner. Are you going,
0: ah, are you turning are you turning into the crawdad man from the league? <laughs>
1: no, I'm turning. No, I'm turning into uh the water boy. What's oh, his name? Yeah, coach, yeah, yeah. not yeah. Coach Klein, the other coach, the asshole coach. Yeah, I know
0: who you mean. <laughs> Sorry, I, I <laughs> went. I went to the league first, but we have what eaten up twenty four minutes just bullshitting. So I guess we should you know get back in line on things and start. Ramble cast camp. part due. I think so. Here's the news of the week. Oh. Live from the ATG and Studios on uh, the internet. It's the news of the week. That's right. We're back with the news of the week. It's that part of the show where we run down what's in our minds, some of the most interesting, geeky, and/or nerdy news to have popped up in the past we'll say few weeks because we've been away for a bit so we're gonna share some more geeky stuff versus just bitching about movies and things like that willie do you no. want to kick us off this week
1: sure i'll kick you off with a headline that's all he's got is the headline by the way guys that's all he read was the. Headline. that's all he read i mean i read a little bit more but it's all all, all the shit in here is just the headline that's all you need to know because they don't really have all the information it looks like but um brothers brothers in arms come with me We have Sony. We have Microsoft shaking hands for once against the tyrants of Amazon and Google. Excuse me. I have to cough this out. That that tore my throat out a little bit.
0: Well, (laughs) Willie's dying. Uh, This is a press release that came out, I want to say, about a week ago, a week and a half ago, that featured Satya Nadella from uh, Microsoft. And I cannot remember who it was from Sony. But the photo has them shaking hands in this press release because they're getting along. Back to you, Willie.
1: Yeah, so yeah, uh, so they're uh, getting together to uh, fight uh, to come up with a good old streaming service for their consoles. It seems like because uh, Google Stadia is coming out, and does Google Stadia look like a good idea to anybody?
0: Google Stadia is
1: interesting. and here is I don't think we can make a
0: determination yet as to whether it's a good idea or not. And why do I say that? Because Microsoft's been working on Project X Cloud for years, and one of the rumors is it's about to get announced uh, this afternoon as we record this episode. Sony's been working on other things. So there's lots of folks that are dabbling in cloud gaming. And while so and while Google has an interesting setup and the demo was really interesting, if Microsoft says, "Hey, Project X Cloud, you subscribe to this, and you're tied into our Game Pass," so basically, yes, you can buy games, but if you're subscribed to Game Pass, you have access to hundreds of games you can play on day one on any device. It's a big competitive advantage. Stadia, you've got what? If you pre-order now, you get Destiny 2 and a DLC, all the DLC for Destiny 2, and access to cheaper games, a la Steam sale kind of thing. That, that's hold about on, hold on, hold
1: on, hold on, on, on. You get Destiny 2 for free?
0: You If you subscribe on their Founders Edition stuff right now, uh-huh. on which the bundle is $129, it gives you a Chromecast Ultra, a controller, three months of a Stadia Pro, and then it, that includes Destiny 2, all the DLC, and something else I can't remember.
1: there's the problem with that? Destiny 2 is yeah. three years old? No, oh, Destiny 2 is about to go free
0: to play. That's that's exactly why it's interesting there because however all the DLC still costs money so I think that's what the spin is is you have Destiny Two is a free to play thing. But all the DLC that would normally cost you, say, twenty bucks a pack or something like that. I mean,
1: sure, it's later, much later in the year, but still, saying,
2: don't already have Destiny Two free because I got it on PS Plus.
1: You know I mean, it's going to be free. To, it's <laughs> it's, going to it's, be- it's <laughs> turning
0: into a literal free to play game. Now.
2: I'm saying I already got it for free, so they're not <laughs> yeah. offering me anything I don't already
0: have. <laughs> so, DLC. so Willie, I think in part the news, this news of Microsoft teaming up with Sony to do cloud things together, which is. All they've really said, there was no, no more detail to say what that is. I think it's in part to kind of get out there a little bit before Google Stadia stuff did. Because we had the Stadia announcement, what, three months back? We all went, well, that's going to be interesting. They said, before E3, we'll tell you more. And they had that press conference last week, or this week, rather. There's not a ton of games there yet. Now, they did confirm things like the new Avengers game from Square is going to be on there. Well, that leaked out of E3, rather, things like that. But think of it like Steam where you don't have to have your own PC. That seems to be what they're going for right now, is they have a digital library in which you can buy games. And if you are a uh, a pro subscriber, or whatever, that costs 10 bucks a month, you get some free games from time to time and discounted games, a la the discounts you see with like PlayStation Network and Xbox Live.
2: And so like console Steam.
0: Similar, but their PC games is what it seems to be.
1: And if well, you have without- a
0: robust enough internet connection, I think it was 35 megabits per second... Then you would be able to stream 4K HDR, for instance. Yeah, I don't have that. No, you do not. You would not be a prime <laughs> candidate for Stadia, Will. Oh, I don't know,
1: buddy. I mean,
0: and their their use case is intriguing because it's eventually any internet connected device that you can put a Chrome browser on, you'll be able to play games through it. So at launch, it'll be if you have a Chromecast on your TV, you'll be able to basically throw your game on the TV and play it that way it streams. You could play it on your Chromebook. Just hook a controller into it and play it that way. Or you buy their controller that connects via Wi-Fi back to their servers. So literally, you just take your controller wherever you are and it's always connected to their servers and you just fling the game onto whatever device is there. It's even going to be on like cell phones and stuff. They said the Pixel 3s and the 3As are their launch ones. But theoretically, you could be sitting in your house and play a game on your phone, but because all the processing is done in the cloud, you're pretty much effectively streaming a video to your phone. So the phone's not doing any of the the rendering things like mm. that. It's an interesting concept and it gets you away fr- it gets you away from that model of you have to have cutting edge hardware in your house to be able to play games. Is this is this new? No, because the rumors have already been out there that Microsoft and Sony are exploring the exact same thing. There's the Xbox Scarlet console that the rumor is will be announced this afternoon, which is basically a streaming box for Xbox games is what all the leaks have said so far. Whether that's actually the case or not, we're not going to find out for about three uh, four and a half hours as we record this right now <laughs> but it's an interesting model but here's the problem if you have a shitty internet connection none yeah. of this stuff works for you it works great if you live in a city with great internet or if you live out somewhere where you've got a robust isp but if your network is only going to give you say 15 megabits per second down you'll get about uh, 1080p I wish. if you're lucky I wish.
2: and yeah, they- they're gonna see, they're gonna see that these systems only sell in certain parts of the country just due to infrastructure
0: and I agree with Steven. The big hole in this, too, is also everyone's going to assume it's their ISP. that's slowing them down. It could also just be their shitty Wi-Fi in their house. that's not giving them a good signal, too.
2: That's why my PS4 is hardwired into my modem. PS4s are just effing slow. Willie can
0: attest to that. Try and download a game on a PS4. It takes friggin' forever, regardless of your internet connection.
1: Well, you see, I've grown accustomed to it, so I just start to download one night, and I'm <laughs> the next day. Yeah. No, Willie's on Wi-Fi, so... Or high- Hillbilly dialed up. But, but, You're you downloading games the other, with your friends the other day. <laughs>
0: going back to Willie's news, though, the fact that Microsoft and Sony are willing to work together, pretty much it sounded like from that release, by using uh, server farms and things like that that Microsoft owns, it's super intriguing, especially for things like shooters, like online cooperative shooters and things like that. Um, it's interesting. And there are things that are opening up now and they're starting to play nice with others. Remember, you couldn't play Rocket League with someone playing on a PlayStation if you're on an Xbox, yeah. things like that, Minecraft, stuff like that. They did announce at the Google Stadia event, actually, that you'll be able to exchange save games on Destiny across all platforms. So you can play on a PC one day, you can play on Stadia the next day, you can play on your PlayStation 4 the next day, and you'll be able to get to your, uh, your characters and play that way. So they're starting to play nicer. The question is, this collaboration between sony and microsoft doesn't make it more likely that these games that come out across multiple consoles you'll now have true online crossplay between these things i hope so
2: yeah it would be good for games like you know apex legends and fortnite and now uh, dead by daylight is part of the xbox uh game pass whatever i saw that so everybody on xbox just got dead by daylight for free so there's been a huge uptick in people playing dead by daylight but they're, not, they're only playing with other Xbox players. And
0: I did sign up for Game Pass today because it was a dollar for me to add it for like 14 months. So I can try Dead by Daylight now because since it's on Game Pass. So it's interesting. Now, how many years is it going to take to see this collaborative agreement come to fruition? Or is it actually anything more than just lip service? I don't know. We've just got to wait and see. Yeah. W- Willie, as our PlayStation expert, what is your takeaway from this alliance forged between Microsoft and... And Sony against the dreaded Google.
1: It seems uh, well. I don't. It all depends upon how well uh, Stadia is going to be received. It's all dependent upon that, like whether it's going to be necessary or not. I mean, I would love for them to collaborate, but I also understand that there needs to be, you know, not you. They don't need to join together at all. Like, I mean, like for console wise, like they don't need to make because competition just makes everyone win, the consumer win. So. It's all dependent upon Stadia and how well it does.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a lot to be said of what's going to happen with Stadia. For $129 basically to get in, it's not terrible, but also we're at the end of a console generation right now where this con these console prices are dropping. So $129, you pay $70 more, you can get a PS4 or an Xbox. So the question Damn. is if I'm a gamer, do I want a device of my own or do I want all my stuff to reside in the cloud? Now, they did say on Stadia, they are going to have a free tier of it where you can buy games on Stadia and instead of having to pay the $10 a month, you are capped at 1080p for your video gaming experiences and stuff like that. But you still do all of the rendering, all the processing and work like that in the Google Farms. That, however, is not launching until next year. All that is launching this year in November is the Founders Edition where it's $10 a month to play games on Stadia. So... I was on the fence about it, and I've kind of decided that when they put out the free tier next year, I'll give it a try in a couple games and see what I think of it. But right now, my wait and see, like I mentioned earlier, is more I want to see what Microsoft announces for Project X Cloud.
1: You know what's really getting revving up my jimmy, though, is if you think about it, this is the first step to ha- just being doing away with consoles. Yes. Yeah. It's just in general. Users. Which
2: And honestly, it does, it does address one of the uh hardware problems as well. If someone right now wants to buy a new system, and they're looking at either Stadium, an Xbox One, or a PS4 Pro, uh, Stadia is not going to play your Blu-rays for you. Nobody cares about that anymore, though.
0: I do. They're, still, I they're do. still
2: selling them. Oh, still let's
0: be honest. There's a reason, though, why folks like Samsung and stuff, like, we're going to stop making Blu-ray players, because that's not where the market is anymore. Most people... Oh,
2: yeah. But they don't need to because we play them all in our gaming systems.
0: Yeah, that that's whatever. That doesn't matter. That that's how the market is shifting is what I'm meaning. Sorry, Willie, I talked over you.
1: That's okay. That's just the reason why I have a PS3 is because Blu-rays. That's why I got it. Look at all my Blu-ray collection over there you can't see, but I can. It's so beautiful. I'm looking at you. do go. Oh, it's a sibby down there. I'm telling and, you. and because Willie can't stream anything. <laughs> oh Shit! Right. <laughs> you you pull your head out your ass over there. How long's it got a buffer? None. No, uh, I'm actually amazed that I don't have to really do no buffering. I can play games online. No issue. Yeah. Like,
0: okay. So I, I'm being overly glib here, but there there is a difference between people who watch things on the physical media and what you stream. You do have more compression on things you stream, but convenience always trumps fidelity. It's a lot easier for me to push a button on my box and start a movie and it's like, where the hell did my disc go on this fish out of disc put it in the machine have it spin up go through the previews finally get to the menu and start it now first world problem obviously but convenience trumps fidelity i'd rather have the slight decrease in quality just to be like boop it's playing
2: yeah see i'm good with games streaming and having you know downloading a digital version of games on my ps4 but i still want my blu-rays for all the special edition all the special features stuff as even when they add those in as part of the as part of the digital file it's never the same you can't find easter eggs on a digital version of a blu-ray movie
0: they're exactly the same have you watched any extra features on vudu it's literally just a video that's under the you open the disc or whatever the movie and there's a separate menu that's special features and it's exactly like what's on the blu-ray
2: yeah i still like the blu-rays <laughs>
0: i do agree with steven the part of what's running out too is the blu-ray data capacity is 25 gigs on a single layer 50 gigs on a dual layer you can get sd cards to hold more and stuff like that right now we're moving towards away from disc based stuff anymore because it's a lot simpler just to go to a cartridge hell nintendo did it with the switch that's more just because it's nintendo though than anything else probably Uh, i'll retract that line because yeah i realize that was dumb (laughs) that was dumb what do you got for us anthony
2: we got, we got bad and we got good. So these are both uh, news coming out of the DC Vertigo Universe. And the bad news is uh, I got a Forbes article by Paul Tassi. Why on earth was DC Universe's Swamp Thing canceled after one episode? Because no one can shoot themselves in the foot like DC came. <laughs> they are the best at it. So after just airing the pilot, it was announced that DC's new Swamp Thing on the DC Universe, uh, produced by James Wan, has been canceled. It had already been cut down from 13 episodes down to 10. Uh, see, They said they, had, they were causing everyone to scramble to come up with a sort of cohesive ending. So apparently they had a problem wrapping up the storyline they were doing. Um, in the Forbes article, it says there was a sort of dust-up that had to do with the show shooting in North Carolina, where WB was promised more money than they got from the state due to some sort of error. But further reporting seems to say that they'll get the money they're owed anyway and that this cancellation has nothing to do with the North Carolina situation. So apparently they had a problem where they were shooting. It may have been addressed. It may not. But the the big problem seems to be that um, at and has acquired Time Warner and Warner Media. And so now they're going to do their own streaming service because, of course, every fucking company now needs their own streaming service so that we have 13 of them. And so now they're already looking at possibly shutting down completely the DC Universe app, which is a really sad thing because it does have some unique shows, and it's the only app of its kind. None of the other apps offer you the things that the DC Universe app offers. It has original shows. It has the old DC back library of cartoons and movies. It has a shop that's only accessible through that app that gives you limited edition DC like apparel and comics and stuff. And then it has access to DC Comics. Which the fact that you know Disney hasn't figured out a way to do a Disney app that includes the Marvel Comicsology app as part of it is just dumb because they're losing money from the comic book fans that you know we've seen plenty of people that will just toss money at things because Amazon
0: owns Comicsology.
2: Yeah, but Marvel has their own version of it. They have the Marvel Comicsology app that's just access to Marvel comics. They could do that as part of one of their packages. And it's just it's weird that they're not doing it. And now it looks like DC is taking their first step towards canceling it. So in a way, it's kind of just like the Netflix shows of Marvel coming off of Netflix because Disney's going to do their own streaming service. So that all the Netflix shows died. The sad thing is, is that the Netflix shows for the Marvel superheroes got three or four seasons. We're still going to get the last third season of Jessica Jones. We got two seasons of Punisher. We got multiple seasons of Daredevil. And you know, that was a whole lot of great TV. Sadly, shows like Swamp Thing are now being canceled basically before the audience even gets a chance to fucking see them. So yeah. Once again, DC is, you know, better at shooting themselves in the foot than anybody else. And so it's sad because now we're looking at odds are we're gonna hear soon that Titans and Doom Patrol were probably gonna be canceled as well. Cause if they're already pulling one show off that app and it's that app they don't owe anybody money, like it's DC's own thing. And if they're not continuing with their own shows, apparently everything's eventually going to go to the
0: AT&T app. I heard it was more because Swamp Thing was so GD expensive to make that they mm. realized it wasn't sustainable to do more of it. That was what I had read.
2: Well, there's nothing in the Forbes article that mentions the price being prohibitive. So you would think the Forbes writer would have found something about that. But they crowd, they crowdfunded <laughs> their writing, basically. Just because you write for Forbes doesn't mean you work for Forbes. That's true. But yeah, so... Swamp Thing's already going away. But on the good news side of the DC uh, Vertigo universe, the devil is back. And small spoilers, at the end of uh, Season 4, so cover your ears if you don't want to know for 10 seconds, at the end of Season 4, Lucifer, to save the world, even though Chloe loves him and he loves Chloe, Lucifer has to go back to hell. So the season ended with Lucifer sitting on his throne in hell. And they announced Lucifer is returning to Netflix for Season 5, and it will be the final season so the upside is the writers are going in knowing it's the last season that they're wrapping it up. This will be the end of the show. So they know that before they even start production, which is the best possible circumstance for a show that's un, you know, not knowing whether or not they're going to continue. If you go in knowing that you're wrapping up the whole series, you can't have a better foothold on getting a good start on where the story is going and how you're going to end it. And it was just awesome to see Tom Ellis did this fantastic little video where he's in a parking lot of some lot somewhere, jumping up and down, going, yes, 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 yes. And he stopped and goes, I'll see you in hell. And so, yeah, Ooh. Lucifer's coming back. The devil's in hell. And we got to see how he's going to get out so he can go find his girlfriend. And I'm, I'm so fucking excited. They did such a good job of that show on Netflix. They, if you haven't seen season four yet, they really sucked to their guns on not going overboard on the violence. Um, they didn't really push the language barrier. That show that aired on Netflix could have aired on Fox. They kept it the same tone. They kept it the same level of you know partial gratuity. the you actually <laughs> the only real excess gratuity you got was a whole lot of Tom Ellis butt. There was a whole lot of devil butt in the show, which was really funny because every time they did it, they made it hilarious. Um, so, you know, there was a little bit of extra nudity, but that's really it. They kept the show in tone with what was airing on primetime TV so that the fans of that show on primetime TV could watch it on Netflix. And it wasn't all of a sudden a gore fest. And so, yeah, it's just all the actors are back again. I don't know if it's, they've all been confirmed, but all the stars have gone on their social media and you know, said thank you to the fans again. They're so happy to come back and you know, wrap the show up. And so it looks like every actor that's going to that was has been a part of it will be back uh lauren german uh kevin a- alejandro db woodside leslie ann Brandt, scarlett estevez rachel harris and of course the devil himself tom ellis so yeah so i'm getting more lucifer on netflix and they're gonna wrap the show up and i'm fucking excited isn't rachel harris is so his wife fun. in real life no rachel harris is the detective or the the psychologist no,
0: no the actor and the actress aren't they married in real life
2: no his i've seen pictures of his wife it's a it's a different lady Yeah, because the the devil, he just got married a little bit ago. I can't remember her name, though. Uh, It is... I don't remember. Megan Oppenheimer. Okay. That's his new wife. Yeah, she's a a brunette or somewhat brunette hair. Long, real pretty. Okay. um, No, Rachel Harris is the actress that plays the psychologist that just had a baby that just had a half-angel baby on the show with D.B. Woodside.
0: (laughs) Interesting. I might eventually get to it now that it's all on Netflix.
2: Yeah, and that's the other thing too. Once the you know, season five is done, you're gonna have the whole thing on Netflix, and it's for those that haven't seen it. They took you know the the concept of the devil's board was sitting down in hell, so he goes up to L.A. and opens a nightclub, and then proceeds to start giving people offering people favors, and they owe him a favor in return, and so it's literally you know the favor swapping devil helping people out and then getting what he wants out of every situation. Well, because he's the devil. And then while he's running his nightclub, he gets bored and ends up running into a detective who's he's attracted to. And he decides to start helping her with her cases. So to keep himself entertained, he starts solving murders. And so you get a police procedural with the devil who's taking place in it just because he's bored. And Tom Ellis is fucking fantastic. He's so good as Lucifer. And then they introduce, you know, heaven, hell, demons, angels, all sorts of supernatural creatures. Like it's not a full on supernatural show. Like they keep it really grounded. Like they're normal human murders in almost every show. But it's it's a fantastically fun show to watch. Like it's it's always entertaining. And honestly, seeing uh Tom Welling showed up in I think it was season three, seeing adult Tom Welling since you know, like the last time I saw him in was Smallville. Seeing him show up as a character for a whole season or maybe a season and a half was fantastic. He was really good on the show as well. It's just—it's a really fun show. I'm so glad that they get to come back and do another season. I'm glad Netflix seems to be treating them right, and they're all having fun over there.
1: I just want to make sure I'm—I'm back, right? You are back. Yep. I know. I know it was funny that we were talking about bad internet speeds, and my thing just closes out on me. I will say it wasn't my internet. Apparently, (laughs) Google signed me out for some reason. Too much porn. That was weird because
2: you you went away and came back like four times.
1: I don't really. I don't use this computer for porn. I know I you use your PlayStation, that. and then you've always <laughs> get the PSVR. Actually, I got my phone
2: for that.
0: Actually, okay.
1: no, that's self, I don't use the PlayStation VR for porn. Do you know how convoluted it is to
0: get that to work. Note to self: Don't touch Willie's phone next time I see him in person. You, I am
2: a, a. I would no, never no. touch anything in Willie's house. It's all dirty. You about?
1: My phone's always in the other hand.
2: <laughs> that doesn't make it less dirty. Gross.
1: That's fair but i mean it's so convoluted i'm a lazy masturbator tmi not enough tmi thank you for thank you for sharing
0: that news with us anthony i'm going to try and move on in an effort to forget all about willie's masturbation stories
1: here well i just gave you a good episode title lazy masturbators
2: good luck
0: so next story here there was also an event we're (laughs) coming We're coming up on E3. There's going to be all sorts of video (laughs) game news coming up. Of course, somehow I find video game news before E3. Why is that the case? Because it was either Wednesday or Thursday, Nintendo had a Pokemon Direct event where they started announcing and gave some more details on Pokemon Sword and Shield. For those that aren't familiar, Pokemon Sword and Shield is the next game by Game Freak that will be coming out, and not for the Nintendo DS, but for the Nintendo Switch. The Pokemon franchise has moved on. You'll be playing on the new mobile gaming system that nintendo has and by all accounts it looks pretty awesome so what we find out about pokemon sword and shield the release date is officially set for november 15th this year so uh thank you nintendo for giving me such a good birthday gift i get pokemon that day when i come home from work and that is all i'm going to do the problem is uh star wars fallen jedi comes out that same day too so i don't know which game i'm gonna i'm gonna play pokemon let's be honest (laughs) that was quick (laughs) i already knew it i already knew it so what's some of the other stuff we found out there are new legendaries that were announced uh-huh. uh they're a bit on the nose uh for sword uh-huh. your pokemon is a giant wolf that's holding a sword in his mouth and for a shield uh-huh. your legendary pokemon has like a crest that looks like a shield built off of his chest it looks really badass actually
1: it's a it's a shield mane. a shield mane. yes that is not a that's probably a,
0: the best way of putting it
1: i only i only speak truth here buddy pokemon sure. sword and board huh
0: we also got to see a bit more of the Galar region, which is supposedly modeled a little bit after Britain in the UK. I'm not quite sure how that is the case because I haven't had a chance to play it. You got to meet the new professor, your new rival, and we got to see some of the new Pokemon gyms uh-huh. and stadiums. They all looked pretty cool. They revealed some new Gen 8 Pokemon that we'll be able to catch in addition to the starters and showed a couple of the evolutions. One is this giant black like eagle that looks really cool, and I cannot remember its name. But here's where things get interesting. Is here's some new additions to the gameplay. Let's start with the one that I'm not as cool with. Well, not as interested in compared to the one that I'm super interested in. They added a new battle element called Dynamax. This is an option you can activate once per battle to grow your Pokemon to incredible size, basically allowing them to use more powerful versions of their abilities. You know how in Power Rangers read would make like, make my monster grow. I was gonna say this, it's Power this Rangers. is what you get to do with a Pokemon <laughs> once in a battle, but I think it only lasts for like. It was either three one turns. or three turns. I three, three turns, that's turns. what I heard. Three turns, you can only use the special capability once during those three turns.
2: Does your character have to say in the rate of a pulse voice,
0: Make my monster grow! I don't think so, but they do throw what looks like a giant friggin' Pokeball at them that causes <laughs> them to grow. So
2: That's awesome. It's pretty cool looking. They've been reading
0: my diary. They have those are going to be some diary. memes.
2: Those are going to be some memes.
0: And then they have also introduced, this is the thing I am most interested in, is Raid Uh Battles. There's what I am (laughs) Yeah! So if you've been playing Pokemon Go, you're familiar with Raid Battles in there, or you can have a group of up to 20 Pokemon Go players join up and try and take down a gym that has a legendary event or something like that. In the end, try and catch that Pokemon. This is very similar to what we're getting in the game. In the game, four trainers are pitted against a single enemy that will be Dynamaxed for the entire fight, meaning it is giant-sized. If you guys are able to defeat it you have a chance to catch it your fellow trainers can be actual players but if you don't have a group of four the ai will fill in as needed now there are a couple catches in raid battles a dynamax can only be used by the four players once and not once per person once per raid party so if you're playing in a group and someone hits their dynamax button right away that is the only Dynamax option you get in that. They have basically set it up so that that happens then. So be careful of strategy and thinking of weaknesses because you don't want to fight, say, a grass one and be using, or you don't want to be a water Pokemon fight. Oh, crap, I lost my train of thought. You want to make sure <laughs> your your, uh, your powers match up accordingly so that you're not Dynamaxing the wrong Pokemon. Now, I have a feeling there's going to be idiots online. The first thing they're going to do is if they're going to fight, oh, I'm going to Dynamax because I need to get it in first. Don't do that. It's a bad idea. (laughs) Now, where this also gets interesting is they said you'll be able to play in local groups, meaning if you had a group of folks that were playing together, you can use the Switch's Wi-Fi to basically hook everyone into a single party and play against a raid boss. The other thing is supposedly you'll be able to play online with some of your friends. So if you're subscribed to Switch Online, you would theoretically, in my case, Willie and I could decide we wanted to do a Dynamax raid, and we would theoretically... Based off my understanding of what came out of Pokemon Direct, across the internet, be able to party up together and do a Dynamax raid. I think this is really cool. Mm. I, I am someone who still plays Pokemon Go quite a lot. and some of the I'm going to
1: stop you right there, Chris. Go ahead. You're Ray. assuming Nintendo is going to do the correct thing. <laughs> what is the correct thing? What you just said. You're assuming they're going to do the correct thing as opposed to what they normally do when they fuck it up. So
0: I couldn't I couldn't tell from what I was reading whether it was officially announced or not you would be able to party up across the internet. I'm leaning towards it seems like that is the way it goes from the multiple articles I've read. I think we're going to have to wait until we get a little closer to Sword and Shield's release date to know that for sure. But raiding in Pokemon Go is a lot of fun when we meet up as a group and do things. I think it could be a lot of fun in Pokemon Sword and Shield to meet up with a group of your friends and be like, hey, let's do this raid. And I think it could be really neat. I'm also hoping they also do something similar to what we saw in Pokemon. Let's go Pikachu and Eevee, where you could transfer Pokemon between the games and Pokemon go and vice versa. I think that would be really cool because I have some stuff in Pokemon go that I should send to yeah. the candy shredder, but I haven't because I might be able to move them over into sword and shield. Not a hundred percent sure.
1: Now, what but, I want to know is this, is this going to be the full Pokedex? Cause unlike was a uh, Sun and moon, which was not the full Pokedex my was understanding is full pokedex Ooh, ooh, ooh that's ooh, a lot of pokemon that is a that's, lot that semi went to a half chub instantly i'm glad well, you mentioned
0: you're... the pokedex because they have said rather than a standard pokedex you now get what's called a Rotom phone this is not only well, used to track your collection like moon. but also fulfills other functions including serving as a replacement for hms from past games hmm i'm sorry what hms i think they meant tms but i'm not sure
1: Oh, 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 HMs. I thought you said gems. No, uh, sorry, HMs. I was like, like the Pokemon gems? What are we talking about here? I got you. I got you. I want to look at
2: the pictures after Chris mentioned the large black bird, the Knight. That's is a raven Pokemon. It looks awesome. 165.3 yeah. pounds flying steel type bird is a massive seven foot three inches tall. So they're giant Pokemon, but the artwork on it is fantastic because it looks like part of its skin is turned into armor. Like, it's a bird that's half armored. Like, it's fucking cool looking.
1: Uh, I will say, what the hell was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rotom phone. That, that was in Sun and Moon. Was it? I okay, I
0: haven't played Sun and Moon yet.
1: Well, that's your problem. I
0: don't have a Switch. I'm a uh, Switch and DS. Sun.
1: That was my go to, OGS. So, let, let, let's 3 one,
0: one last thing on here random encounters. So, last year uh-huh. in Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, they kind of did away with random encounters in favor of a system where you could see Pokemon roaming wild and you could go walk up to them and catch them. Roaming Encounters had been expected to return in Sword and Shield. However, based off the Pokemon Direct, it seems like they're using the same mechanic from Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu, where you can see Pokemon roaming around on the map, and you just basically walk into them to initiate a battle to try and catch them or not. Now, we will probably get something more official as to whether that is the only case going forward. But right now, Sword and Shield looks pretty awesome. The artwork looks awesome. It's a whole new world. There's a ton of new Pokemon. This is exactly what they need. To continue the oh, franchise.
1: yeah, and, uh <laughs> place we
0: never knew. They did also announce that if you're someone who wants to play both games, like many people do, they are selling a twin pack of Sword and Shield packaged together. Or you can buy them individually. Now, pro tip here, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can go and buy Sword and Shield individually, and they'll give you a $10 credit for each of them. Or you can buy the double pack, and you get only a single $10 credit. So... If you're Amazon Prime, and you want both? Just buy the games separately.
1: You know what, Chris? I got a package deal for you. No one's buying that. You'd be surprised. I'm just kidding.
0: <sighs> so November fifteenth, we've got five months basically until we can start playing Pokemon Sword and Shield. And Willie, I look forward to catching Pokemon with you.
1: We're gonna be throwing our balls at the wall for days, ain't we?
0: I'm really sad that you put it that way, but yes, we will.
1: But you know what really made me happy about this whole little segment? What's that? We we followed up with Pokemon from lazy masturbations thank you you're welcome thank you i try thank you
0: i appreciate it
1: i do what i can man i'm an entertainer man what can i say
0: brings a smile to my heart
1: oh and a wink for my anus oh there
0: we go (laughs) you know what else brings me a smile though reminding everyone that the all things good nerdy podcast is in fact part of a network of shows that you can find over at gunnageek.com. We've got 25 plus different shows in the network to cover a variety of topics, be it specific television programs like, say, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the Arrow television show, or general geek culture, or tabletop gaming, board gaming, video games. We've got all sorts of different shows in the network. And as much as I would love to tell you about every single one of them, I can't do that because we'd be here for probably another half hour. But what I can do is toss things over to Willie Nelson where he's going to tell you about one specific show on the network for you to check out
1: oh i've been holding on for this i've been edging this for a while i've been waiting on it it's been a, three weeks since i did it i can't wait oh, it was probably been longer so we didn't have one last time i can't remember but it's not back to you yet chris so you shut your mouth i am talking about on the bubble podcast they're talking about witchblade first wave and the dresden files plus the role of physical items in fan camping it's episode 35 fans of the dresden files sent drumsticks First Wave fans since Salt Packets, and Witchblade fans since Pez Dispenses. But did any of these items actually move the Renewal Needle? Check it out and find out. Back to you, Chris!
0: Why, thank you, William. for those that aren't aware, On the Bubble Podcast is a show, a podcast dedicated to talking about shows that were near cancellation and fan efforts to save them and how they succeeded or if they succeeded. So go check that out over at Gunnageek.com. That being said, we are going to start wrapping things up. But before we shut this show down, we do have one last segment called What I'm Into. It's our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date just what kind of geeky and or nerdy things we've been getting into so that maybe, just maybe, you'll want to check them
2: out yourselves. Anthony, kick us off. What have you been getting into? Uh, Put a little bit of Dauntless, which is free on PS4, a little bit of Anthem, a little bit of Apex Legends. Uh, They're wrapping up season one. It's cool. They added in um, new weekly challenge features and gave away some free skins, and they created their second uh, type of gameplay. Uh, Now, when you're playing a match, if you make it within the top five, you then have the ability to... Uh, your next match you can queue up for elite top five and every team in that match. The 20 teams are all teams that were top five in their previous match. So you're going up against better skilled players if you want to. And there's unlocks and new badges and stuff uh, all attached to that. They added a couple of cool new skins. They finally added uh, some of the PlayStation plus free skins finally went live on the thing. So they're, they're finally adding some new content as they uh, wrap up season one. There's I think eight days left. I think it ends next Sunday and then season two is going to be announced Allegedly, uh, through all the data mining, they know Watson's the next new character, which is going to be another defensive character, which they only have, I think, two of so far. So it's the category they need the most help in. So looking forward to playing Season 2 because Season 1, I've had a lot of fun. I actually maxed out the battle pass, maxed out uh, uh, my play level, and i just had a hell of a lot of fun playing with V, and I actually did a couple matches with Willie last night. And then uh, playing some Dead by Daylight, getting ready for uh, next weekend is going to be a blood hunt. I, I saved up what was it like three hundred thousand blood points this weekend and put a whole bunch on Meg. Finally leveling up my characters to uh, I haven't got all of the regular characters high enough to train their abilities on my other characters yet. So last night I finally had enough. I unlocked adrenaline for everybody. So ho- hoping for this weekend I can get enough blood points. You know, doing some uh, Leatherface matches with the bonus barbecue and chili blood points to get. All the double bonuses added up to get all of my characters at least above a level 30 and start training their perks to everybody else. Um, I watched all of Good Omens, which was a fantastic fucking show. It's super fun. If you're a fan of David Tennant at all, go watch it. You'll love it. It's you know Terry Pratchett and uh, Neil Gaiman together writing the story about an angel and a demon trying to basically stop the apocalypse because they enjoy life on Earth. And they're supposed to be uh, stopping the Antichrist from growing up to be too awful. And they end up finding out that, oh, oops, this character or this kid that we've been working on for seven years is the wrong kid. We lost the Antichrist. Where is he? And just that. You know, going from that point forward, it's hilarious. The special effects on the show are awesome. And David Tennant just kills it as a demon. He's so much fun to watch in the show. You can tell he had a blast the whole time they were playing. And um, uh, Michael Sheen was great, too, uh, as, uh, as Azazel, the, the angel. He's really funny through the whole thing. And then, um, yeah, there was mentioned mention in the, the chat room, I finally realized that uh, Preacher Season 3 was on Amazon, so I watched all of Season 3. That's still possibly one of the best adaptations of a comic book that i never thought could be adapted into a show and they did an amazing job on it um the guy that plays a uh, jesse custer who was a uh, howard stark in the old captain america movies back in the 40s he nails that character so well they did a really good job introducing uh the jesse custer family in angelville in the third season and of course it's one of the most gruesome bloodiest shows on tv and Going off of that, uh, The Boys is coming out soon, so I'm looking forward to that because that's a world where when superheroes go across the line, as uh, the main character puts it, they get spanked. There's a team of uh, CIA Black Ops characters that are basically superpowered to go out and punish superheroes that cross the line in a world where the Justice League is basically a corporate team owned by uh, Voight Industries, I think it is, that uh, they can basically do whatever they want. It's like if, if Superman was an egotistical asshole and all of his superpowered friends just went and murdered whoever they felt like it on any given moment, but they had corporate backing and a PR system to spin anything they did to make it look like a good idea. Like it's a fucking crazy concept and it's, it looks like it's going to be a really fun show. But yeah. I'm looking forward to a uh, blood hunt next weekend. And I did by daylight, probably playing some more of that today, maybe some more apex and yeah, just played a lot of video games. And then um, I did finish reading cosmos which, yeah, that hurt my brain uh, in the good way a little bit, kind of uh, gave me a better understanding of some of the scientific concepts that maybe never thoroughly got grasped during high school. And then, uh, yeah, I went and saw Dark Phoenix. And, eh, like I said, wait for a second-run theater or cable. Like, McAvoy and, you know, Fassbender put in a good performance, but there's nothing in this movie that you're going to come out of the theater going, holy shit, I've never seen that in a movie before. Like, it it all just seemed like stuff that's been done before, Oh, there's a scene where Quicksilver runs fast. Like, okay. Like, eh. Like, you know, you can only reuse the same tropes over and over so many times. And yeah, honestly, I think the the most disappointing thing was I don't believe for a moment that this Cyclops and this Jean Grey have a relationship. They have zero on-screen chemistry. And the one thing that you can say about James Marsden, you know I mean? Cyclops is most people always think Cyclops is an asshole. He's the boy scout. Nobody likes him, but that's okay. You don't need to like him. He's the team leader. He's in charge. As long as you do what he says, you don't have to like him. But shit gets done because he's tactically smart. And at least James Marsden's character like encompassed that, and you felt bad for him when Famke Jensen died. You could tell he had actual feelings when Gene died in, the, in those X-Men movies. In this one, there's no feeling. There's no emotions between the two actors at all. It was so disappointing, <laughs> but Hey, it's done. And it's going back to, uh, going back to the big house of ideas. So I'm looking forward to see what Marvel does with the mutants. That's what I've been getting into.
0: So I'll take things next. Uh, I'm about to start a rewatch of The Good Place because they announced that Season 4 is the final season of it, so I want to go and enjoy it. That is not a bad thing. I don't think Michael Shore basically said that was always the plan, and I would rather they end it now before Mm -hmm. it turns into something terrible. They're written in on their own terms with a story that probably makes sense. I am playing Final Fantasy on the Switch, but it's not Final Fantasy 7 anymore. It's Final Fantasy X because I'm back on my bullshit. Good man. It's really fun. And speaking of being back on my bullshit, I started watching professional wrestling again. Because when mm-hmm. I got back in town, the next day was the debut pay-per-view for All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing. It was damn good. Uh, well, they have equated so you're watching it, good wrestling. They have equated it to a buffet of wrestling because they have a little something different for whatever your taste is. And There was good tag team wrestling, there was good high-flying wrestling, there was good brawling wrestling, there was good storytelling. For the first pay-per-view of a brand new company... I was really impressed with what I saw, I had fun, even with people I had no idea who they were on screen. I had a lot of fun seeing what they could do, and the Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes face off that WWE never really pulled off, holy shit it was brutal, and it brought some grown men to tears as these two are about to face off, and they start chanting Dusty, as in their father's name right before they're about to do it and stuff
2: like Wait, that. Wait, so it was Cody versus Dustin, or was it Cody versus Goldust?
0: Goldust is owned by WWE,
2: so it okay, was that's Cody what I versus thought, Dustin. We haven't seen Dustin outside of the costume in so long. He,
0: he had a new look where half of his face was painted with like a red and black makeup effect, very similar to Goldust, and the rest huh. of his face was his normal face, and he was wearing... A similar gold, deuce, gold dust suit that was red and black but with no sleeves because, as he put it on Chris Jericho's podcast, he wanted to finally show off his ink because he'd never gotten a chance to do it being in the full-body suit. And goddamn, did they put on a good match from a storytelling perspective. And uh, Dustin bled. He uh, he bladed. And goddamn, he was bleeding like a stuck pig through that. And if you've been watching WWE <laughs> wrestling in recent years, they don't blade anymore. Yeah, And I'm not saying you should blade every match or anything like that, but from a shock value perspective, it's not something you see very often. And god damn, and at the end of that match, you think he's going to (laughs) retire? Cody wins. Cody comes back in the ring and says, uh, to the effect of, he doesn't need uh, he needs his brother to come and tag with him at the next pay-per-view, which was Cody and Dustin against the Young Bucks, which is going to be also a fantastic match because if you're not familiar with the Jacksons They're a phenomenal group of tag team wrestlers. And they've just got a bunch of stuff set up that sounds really interesting. And I'm curious to see what they do between now and the fall when AEW hits TV. Because AEW will be on TNT. They have a television contract in the fall. We don't know what date anything starts or how long the show is going to be. But they will not be just doing pay-per-views. They will have a television contract on TNT. And they also... Uh, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega round two, I think it was in the main event. Very good match. And then at the very end of it, John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose in the WWE shows up (laughs) and just wrecks everyone to set up a match with him and Kenny Omega in the future. And, uh, that could be a really good match. There's a ton of really cool stuff. And if you're a professional wrestling fan watching this, you're like, oh man, this is the kind of stuff that I really used to love versus, and I am taking a bit of a shot here. The more sanitized version of WWE we have, where you have a promo written out for you, you're going to read it. Your match follows a basic formula. There's not much variation between these matches. And here it was, these super athletic guys got to be super athletic and like do weird, crazy flips off the top rope. I really just enjoyed what I saw. And it brought back that part of me that I haven't had in a long time, where I loved professional wrestling. Like I grew up with this stuff, and eventually I just kind of got turned off with it because i started to find it boring and the same kind of product and here it, maybe it's just because it's fresh and new i really enjoyed it and this is the first time in ages that i've actually paid for a pay-per-view wrestling event i paid nice. the 50 bucks to watch this and Whoa. i did not walk away being like oh man i didn't get my money worth i walked away and went god damn this was a ton of fun i can't wait to see what they do next and i think that's the best compliment you can give for someone yeah. starting out as big, I want to see where they go next with this I, the women's wrestling also fantastic like WWE's talking about this whole women's revolution. They had a bunch of women that were wrestling in a couple different events, and they were all fantastic, all had varied move sets they were all selling phenomenal, and they brought awesome Kong back, who i hadn't seen in ages, like uh, as wow. a surprise. Like, you're you're supposed to have a triple threat match, and then uh, they come out and go, we've got one last person, and it was Awesome Kong, and it was the second biggest pop of the night. It was when Awesome Kong walked out. Super, super cool event. I'm really curious to see where they go with it. They're really pushing really hard on the women's division, Dr. Britt Baker, and this is not a gimmick. She's an actual dentist who also wrestles. Ha! <laughs> If you, if you live in Orlando, you could have Dr. Britt Baker as your dentist because she is an actual dentist who is practicing. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. And the whole gimmick is built around. No, it's not really a gimmick, but everything about it, they would keep referring to her as Dr. Britt or Dr. Baker, because she is in fact a doctor legitimately. She didn't work to get that PhD for no fucking reason. Exactly. And and I love the fact that they were building up around that. She, and I'm really, really happy with how they've started all this stuff off. and they've got me, who was a lapsed wrestling fan, back being like, you know, I'm probably going to watch some more of this stuff in the future. I'm not going to buy every pay-per-view because paying 50 bucks a month for a pay-per-view is insane in today's world. But I will certainly be checking them out when they hit TNT. And I will say this, for 48 years old, Chris Jericho is still killing it in the ring.
2: Thank you, DDP. Yeah,
0: thank you, DDP. And he did bust out a new finisher for his beginning in AEW called the Judas Effect, which is a reverse spinning elbow strike. Nice. And he used it to KO Kenny Omega, whose nose he legit broke within the first five minutes of the match. <laughs> so Omega wrestled with a broken nose. You could just see the blood all down the front of his face throughout the entire uh, thing. and It was I'm, a phenomenal experience. If you haven't been watching it, they've been doing a ton of videos on uh, Cody Rhodes' YouTube channel, building up to Double or Nothing, the aftermath of Double or Nothing, and then kicking off the road to Fighter Fest, which I think is their next uh, event. And it's been really interesting to watch that and see how they've... Pretty much built a story, not through having TV, but through Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and Twitter. That is how they've built their story. Because a bunch of people watched this pay-per-view, and the only story you knew is what they'd put on YouTube to consume for free.
2: That's awesome. It's
0: it's really intriguing where they're going with it. I, I'm overselling it, I know. But if you get a chance, I'm uh, sure they will put replays out there. Legitimately, they can be obtained, but I'm sure there's illegitimate ways you could watch some of those matches. I know they put some of them up on YouTube. Really good wrestling. Really I, I don't think they're going to come in and beat the shit out of WWE and become number 1 but I don't think that's their intent. I think their intent is just to no. be something different.
2: Well when you said you were back on wrestling I thought you were talking about Raw or something I was like oh, really no. cuz they're still trying to tell me that Brock Lesnar is a wrestler and I I'm, I'm never going to believe that cuz he can't work a mic.
0: I resubscribed oh. <laughs> to the WWE network for a month because I wanted to watch Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. I'm totally okay with the 999. I effectively mm-hmm. paid for WrestleMania to watch Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair in the main event of WrestleMania. It was a good nice. match.
2: Yeah, I saw some awful tweet where somebody put up something like the last, I don't know if it was Raw or SmackDown, what show it was, but they said they did the math and like minutes for minutes of wrestling versus talking, it was something where the show did like 83% talking for yeah. a match for one night, where you have a two-hour show and there was literally like 17% wrestling. Like, so, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> That's it, something that got talked about a little bit with uh John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose. He When he unveiled himself at AEW the next day, Chris Jericho dropped a podcast where he had him on the Talk is Jericho podcast mm. in less than a week it hit a million downloads and nice. it described the environment he found himself in working for WWE and why their creative is broken. And a lot of what he said I was going, you know, this kind of explains why I find the WWE product fairly boring. They've got all these talented folks, but it's boring and here's why. So if that's something that interested you, the last thing Chris Jericho needs is a plug from me but that episode of talk is Jericho was very good.
2: Well, plus they're contracted workers that can't work for anybody else, but they're still considered freelance. So they don't give them health care. Fuck you. WWE. Yeah.
0: AEW gives them all health care. Anyone under contract has health care is my
2: understanding. Hell yeah. I will support that. Then not AEW has got my fucking vote. Yeah,
0: but that yes, is enough of me. Rambling. Uh, <laughs> Willie
1: wrap things up for us. What do you mean get into, sir? you're telling me to do the thing i hate the most but i guess i'm here for do it so willie finish things do up it. for us let me rephrase. do it oh okay i can do that do it. for you do it so uh let's start off with some music I, i've been getting some good music uh found this band called the dead south very good uh a lot of uh, i got into some folky music which a uh, modern folky music and it's actually pretty damn good uh, miss lee that's a, a m-i-s-s and then l-i so miss lee to you know like like miss hey how's it going like that uh and i've also uh um i think i've mentioned this before but peaking duck say my name look that up you're welcome and then uh, i already told you about the movies i just saw uh you already get my general impression of that let's keep this short and sweet but also extend it out just a bit because i'm gonna tell you about the greatest show i have ever fucking seen by far i cannot think of a better show i have seen that i've enjoyed so much than letter kitty it is fucking fab the writing the delivery the actors how they do it so good it's uh only on hulu but if you can find it or actually if you're up in the uh great white north there mr uh, president i believe uh, crave tv has an app or something that you can just watch it on i'm not sure i don't live up there can't tell you i just know i live in america where it's locked out but oh my god this show just the deliveries alone i i, I cannot praise this enough it it i never heard of it till like two weeks ago. And then I've already cleared out the entire catalog they have of, uh, seven seasons, which, uh, the first season only has six episodes. And then the, all the rest of the seasons have seven episodes. So it's not that much, but, uh, the the episodes feel like an hour long, but they're only half an hour just because they feel so dense with story and in a good way. So highly recommended letter. Kenny, if you're not doing it, you're doing it wrong. So pitter patter, get at her. And, uh, never trust the ginger allegedly yeah allegedly i mean it had to have been sick right it could have been at least three of them oh yeah i mean i mean it had to be it has to be a dead one right <laughs> allegedly uh but uh yeah pitter patter now get on to it uh let's keep it short and simple go oh, chris let's do this well thank you Will. lazy masturbation
0: so i think that is going to wrap up this latest installment of the all things good and nerdy podcast don't forget Despite our having been gone for three weeks, we do stream this, from this point forward, live every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over on Geeks.Live. That is the official streaming home of the Gonna Geek Network. You can find us and all the other shows on the network there. Feel free to subscribe to us, catch it on YouTube, whatever way you want to consume. We don't care. Just just watch the stuff. So we are going to shut this down, but before we get out, final thoughts. What do you guys got for
1: us? So you are wrapping up a podcast with your friends the other day. Ooh, that's a good one i like it um don't uh, don't put on the playstation vr to use porn because that's just a waste of time and it's not even all that good just go out and find a girl vaginas are great
0: Th- thank you for that one willie i don't think anyone would dispute what you've just said there so thank you everyone for joining us we will be back next sunday and if you want to watch more live content swing by geeks.live this evening for an all new agents of Sh- or legends of show bye guys